Chapter Thirteen of Aunt Jane's Nieces at Millville. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ted Nugent. Aunt Jane's Nieces at Millville by L. Frank Bayham. Chapter Thirteen. Bob West. Hardware dealer. A few steps down the little street brought the girls to the hardware store, quite the most imposing building in town. They crossed the broad platform on which stood samples of heavy farm machinery and entered a well stocked room where many articles of hardware and house furnishings were neatly and systematically arranged. The place seemed deserted, for at that time of day no country people were at Millville, but on passing down the aisle, the visitor approached the little office built at the rear of the store. Behind the desk, Bob was sat upon his high stool, gravely regarding his unusual customers over the rims of his spectacles. Good morning, said Louis, taking the lead. Have you a stew pan? The merchant left the office and silently walked behind the counter. Large or small, miss? he then asked. The girl became interested in stew pans, which they were scarcely able to recognize by their official name. Mr. West offers no comment as they made their selection. Can you send this to the work farm? asked Louise, opening her purse to make payment. West smiled. I have no means of delivering goods, said he. But if you can wait a day or two, I may catch some farmer going that way who may consent to take it. Oh, did Captain Wake purchase his supplies in the village? asked the girl. Some of them. But it is our custom here to take goods that we purchase home with us. As yet, Melville is scarcely large enough to require a delivery wagon. The nieces laughed pleasantly, and Beth said, Are you an old inhabitant, Mr. West? I have been here thirty-five years. The new new Captain Wake, Louis ventured. Very well. The answer was so frank and free from embarrassment that his questioner hesitated. Here was the man, distinctly superior to the others they had interviewed, a man of keen intellect and worldly knowledge who would be instantly on his guard if he suspected they were cross-examining him. So Louise, with her usual tact, decided to speak plainly. We have been much interested in the history of the Wake family, she remarked easily, and perhaps it is natural for us to speculate concerning the characters of our predecessors. It was so odd that Captain Wake should build so good a house on such a poor farm. Yes, 
and he was a sea captain who retired far from the sea which he must have loved to be sure it made him dissatisfied they say as well as surly and unsociable but he stuck it out even after his poor wife died and until the day of the murder murder in a told of mind surprise was it not murder she asked quickly he gave his shoulders a quiet shrug the physician pronounced it heart disease i believe what physician hey why one who was fishing in the neighborhood for trout and staying at the hotel old dr jackson was in huntington at the time i remember the girls exchanged significant glances and west noted them and smiled again that murder theory is a new one to me he said but i see now why it originated the employment of a strolling physician would give color to the suspicion what do you think sir asked patsy who had been watching the man's expression closely i what do i think why that captain wake died from heart disease as he had often told me he was sure to do in time then what made old mr thompson go mad inquired beth the shock of his friend's sudden death he had been mentally unbalanced for some time previous not quite mad you understand but showing by his actions at times that his brain was affected can you explain what became of the money asked louise abruptly west gave a start but collected himself in an instant and covered the action with another shrug i cannot say what became of the money he answered it struck both beth and louise that his tone indicated he would not rather than that he could not say before they had time to ask another question he continued will you take the saucepan with you then or shall i try to send it in a day or so we will take it if you please answered louise but as he wrapped it into a neat parcel she made one more effort what sort of a young man was joseph wick joe a mere boy untried and unsettled a bright boy in his way and ambitious to have a part in the big world he's there now i believe he spoke with an air of relief and handed louise the parcel thank you young ladies pray call again if i can be of service to you he added in a brisker tone they had no recourse but to walk out which they did without further words indeed they were all three silent until they had left the village far behind and were halfway to the farm then patsy said inquiringly well girls we have progressed announced louise seriously in what way several things are impressed upon my mind 
replied the girl. One is Magnat's absurd indignation when he thought we hinted that he was the murderer. What do you make of that? queried Patsy. It suggests that he knows something of the murder. Even if he is himself wholly innocent, his alibi is another absurdity. Then that exonerated old Hux, said Patsy, relieved. Oh, not at all. Hux may have committed the deed, and Magnat knows about it. Or they might have been partners in the crime. What else have you learned, Louis? asked Beth. That the man West knows what became of the money. He seems like a very respectable man, asserted Patsy. Outwardly, yes, but I don't like the cold, calculating expression in his eyes. He's the rich man of this neighborhood. Do you suppose he acquired a fortune honestly in this forsaken district, where everyone else is poor as the church mouse? Seems to me, said Patsy discontentedly, that the plot thickens, as they say in novels. If we interview many more people, we shall find ourselves suspecting an army. Not at all, my dear, replied Louis coldly. From our present knowledge, the murder lies between the unknown avenger and Hawks, with the possibility that Magnat is simplicated. This avenger may be the stranger who posed as a physician and said, Captain Wake died of heart disease in order to prevent the simple people from suspecting a murder. His fishing was all obliged. Perhaps Magnat was his accomplice. That staring scarecrow would do anything for money. And then we come to the robbery. If Hawks did the murder, he took the money. And perhaps West, the hardware dealer, knows this. Or West may have arrived at the house after the mysterious stranger committed the deeds and robbed the two men himself. And perhaps he didn't said Patsy skeptically. Do you know, girls, I'd like to find Joe Wig. He could put us right, I'm sure. Joe? Yes? Why don't we suspect him for something? Or Ethel? Or old Nora? Do be sensible, Patsy, said Beth impatiently. But Louise walked on away in silence. Presently, she remarked, I'm glad you mentioned Joe Wick. The boy gives me an idea that may reconcile many conflicting suspicions. In what way, Louis? I'll tell you when I've thought it out, she replied. End of chapter 13